The snow is falling, the nights come early, and you're listening to Burning Rock Radio. Burning Rock Radio is the ongoing story of Ivy Romeo's search for her friend Sam. If you're new to the podcast, we suggest that you listen from the beginning. Chapter 36 When the Winter Came October 2002 If I'm being totally honest, I've always kind of thought of Halloween parties as an excuse for a dollar store to vomit all over some normal person's house. There's the terrible stringy spider webs and the big orange or purple pumpkin-shaped candy baskets. There are cheap cocktails tinged neon green and plastic spiders on everything from cupcakes to the punch table to people's hair. Don't get me wrong. I love Halloween if I can curate and control it, but I've never really appreciated most other people's interpretations. But Lana and Reed's party was something entirely different. For a moment after I arrived, I actually felt disoriented. Everything looked so different about Reed's house. The whole porch had been wrapped in white lights, but in this context, there was something vaguely creepy about him, like a ghostly wedding venue or something. Mirrors had been set up all around in some sort of Bloody Mary-inspired hall. There were neon signs everywhere, each with some sort of strange, surreal message. One said, write your own novel and not about zombies. And another read, don't hope too hard. There must have been a fog machine somewhere because the night was filled with shifting mist colored by neon lights. Immediately, I felt a familiarity that made my throat go dry. Lana's party reminded me of the world in my dreams. In fact, the feeling that this party gave me was so familiar that for a moment I worried that I might have slipped back there on accident but there were probably easier explanations. Crown had seen it in my dreams, and Sam had seen it in real life. They'd probably just told Lana about it, and now that I was thinking about it, it wasn't so much that the party looked like that world as felt like it. It was probably just a vibe. I'm sure it was nothing. Felt a little bit better after all those explanations occurred to me, I guess. I ran into Reed carrying a tray of drinks down toward the back gate. I hurried to catch up, snatching a glass off of the tray before he could object. You startled me, he laughed. Reed was clearly dressed as Cupid, which I thought was hilarious given that it technically stuck to the theme of the night, but in such a ridiculous way that it stuck out like a sore thumb. Thankfully, he was wearing a full robe, not just a diaper, and he had a bow and arrow strapped to his back along with a crown of hearts around his head. It was very silly, and I didn't mind silly too much. I swirled the blood-red drink in my hand. It lapped along the edge of the sugar rim, staining it red and washing some of the sugar away into the drink. What is this? I asked. This is Lana's signature drink, Reed said. Nice. So, Lana had you make her signature drink for the night? Lana was definitely the only one of us cool enough to pull that off. She made each of you a signature drink, he said. 
I raise my eyebrows. All of us? Well, not all of them, he said. A few of her closer friends. Through all of it, it made me smile to think that Lana thought of me as a close friend. Wow, I said. I fought the urge to ask about my drink, forcing myself to be patient instead. That was actually a super cool idea. I was starting to like this party even more. I took a sip. It was deep, sour, and fiery all at once. We reached the backyard, and I paused to open the gate for Reed so he could carry his tray through. A small group of people stood just inside the fence line. Crown and Lana were there, along with several other people I didn't know. They were all dressed as various mythological deities. I thought it was a pretty great theme idea, personally. Crown was dressed as Zeus, complete with a rather impressive-looking Thunderbolt replica tied to his back. He also had a white vine tattoo wrapping around his wrist and running all the way up his shoulder. It was actually pretty cool looking. Lana was dressed as Persephone. She had braided her flaming red hair over one shoulder and wore a deep burgundy dress with a necklace made out of gold pomegranates. She lifted her glass to me as I walked by and I returned the gesture. I wanted to find Sam. I was curious what he had decided to dress as. And I also liked hanging out with Sam better than mingling with everyone at parties. So I pushed past an entire curtain of white lights and found the sliding door that led into the house. It was dark inside. No, maybe it wasn't quite dark. It was dim. The bulb under the stove vent hood provided enough light for me to see the rows and rows of glasses lined up on the counter, some of them half filled with some sort of amber liquid and what looked like candied pecans. I heard footsteps behind me. Hey there, Sam said. I take it you, like, rule a realm? I looked down at my costume. I had chosen Mercury, the messenger god, for inspiration, but... I had dressed a lot more like The Flash from DC Comics, since the two are effectively one and the same in my mind. I turned around and saw Sam emerging from the pantry, carrying a couple bottles. Mercury, the messenger god, I said. Messenger god, huh? I would have thought that would have been more up Crown's Alley, what with the newspaper and everything. Well, then who should I have been, I said. He shrugged. I don't know, rammed your car into a monster? You could be the god of war or something. I laughed. What about you? I said. To be honest, I didn't even have any guesses. Whoever he was supposed to be, he was obviously going for some kind of modern take because he was wearing jeans and a suit jacket with some sort of printed shirt underneath. Atlas, he replied pulling his jacket back so I could see that his shirt was printed with a world map. Ah, yes, the guy with the world on his shoulders, I said. King of Atlantis, he corrected, sounding fake offended. I joined Sam at the counter. So whose drink is this? Reed filled me in on the concept. Oh, this is yours, actually, he said, carefully measuring something and pouring it into one of the glasses. This is the one I came up with for you. 
He handed me a glass and then busied himself with filling up the rest of them. Tell me what you think, he mumbled. I took a sip. Tastes like pecan pie, I said. He nodded. That's what I was going for. I noticed that there was a half-full coffee pot sitting on the edge of the countertop, and I decided that if I was going to stay up for this whole party, I probably better caffeinate. I walked over and poured myself a cup, noticing as I did that there was an herb garden a lot like Lana's sitting on the counter. Reed Gardens too? I asked. Sam shook his head and laughed. No, those are Lana's. She grew half the stuff we're using for these drinks. Wow, she is committed to this thing, I said. I drank half of my coffee in silence and then went back to the counter. By the time I got back, something about Sam's face had changed. He was looking much more somber, and though he did look up, he barely made eye contact. What's up? I said, knowing him well enough at this point to tell that there was something wrong. He shook his head. I don't know. Do you ever feel like maybe we started something with all of this? Dude, you're going to have to be more specific, I said. Do you ever get the feeling that maybe we didn't end it when we killed the monster? Maybe we started something worse? Have you seen something to make you think that? I asked. He put down the bottle and shook his head. No, there's just so much that we haven't explained yet. It just makes me wonder if there might be more to all of this. And maybe I should have listened, but in the moment, all I wanted was to move on. Hey man, you're the one who wanted to get out of here, and now that the stuff with the monster is done, we can. Don't live your life looking over your shoulder like that. He nodded, and then, with more confidence than I felt, I added, It's over, dude. We don't have to worry. And in that moment, I wanted to believe it so badly that I think I almost did. Looking back, I wish we would have had more time to talk about it. I wonder where the conversation might have gone, and if we might have stumbled across anything helpful, but we were interrupted by Reed, who walked in and asked, are you guys ready? For what? I asked. We're going to go down to the greenhouse for one of the key events of the evening, he said. His eyes darted in the direction of the greenhouse, and then he busied himself adding a few more of the pecan pie cocktails to the tray. Can you guys each carry a tray? He asked. Sure thing. Sam and I agreed at the same time. Eager to figure out exactly what Lana had been working at down at the greenhouse all week, I followed Reed out of the house. October 2007 June and I lead the group back down Amherst Street toward the apartment. Generally, we wouldn't have been in such a hurry, but tonight has taken a surprisingly cold turn. Thanks for coming down, I say, turning to my sister. She smiles and nods. Of course, I couldn't miss my sister's 30th. Plus, what? Well, there are a couple of other things I wanted to talk about. I'm about to dig deeper, 
to ask questions when I notice something down one of the alleys. This particular alley is on the beach side of the road, and so the trees are more gnarled, more windblown, and far more twisted. Still, one of them is different than the others. It's stronger, angrier, with thicker branches shining in the moonlight. It stands out, barren and dead amongst the evergreens. There's something else strange about it, too. I frown, tilting my head so I'm not looking at it at a weird angle. There's something attached to it. Something large and sagging up against the trunk. Something like fabric flaps in the wind, and on that wind comes the smell of rust and salt and something else. I take a few steps forward. And that's when I see the hair ruffling in the breeze. I catch the tiniest sliver of moonlight glinting off of skin. And I get a better view of the fabric. Dark plaid. It's the shirt James was wearing. I turn away from June, unable to speak. I walk up to the tree, feeling completely numb. I know I should call out for Crown. I should look around and make sure that there isn't anything there ready to pounce. But I'm completely lost. It is James up there, draped over that tree, dead. So obviously dead. There's no way around that. I reach for James's hand. It's still warm, and I jerk my hand back quickly. Is this what happened to Brad? Is it what happened to Sam? June screams, but I hardly register it. The clearing comes alive with the voices and footsteps of my friends all trying to get to us, all trying to figure out what's going on. Someone grabs my arm. I look up and see that it's Crown. He doesn't stop to look at James. He looks at me instead. We have to get out of here, he says. Typically cool, typically calm. I know immediately what he means. He means that I have to get him out of here before the monster comes back. I feel the blood rushing in my head. I feel like I'm just going to black out at any moment. I can't do it, I say. You can, he replies, firm and certain. He brings the others over while I force myself to breathe. I force myself to try to be calm because that's the only way this is going to work. I reach for Crown's hand and June's hand and take a look around to make sure that the others are all there. I haven't done this in a while. Not much since Sam disappeared. But as I look around at my friends, horrified, half of us already crying, I know I have to get it together. And so I close my eyes, thinking about my friends, doing my best to think about anything other than James. For a moment, everything feels clear. Everything feels okay. Like this is going to work. And then, suddenly, I'm falling.
Thank you for listening to Burning Rock Radio. Visit us at www.burningrockradio.com and follow us on Instagram at Burning Rock Radio. As always, we appreciate your ratings and reviews. And Sam, if you're out there, we all miss you and hope to see you soon. <laughs>